Hello. Welcome to last night this morning. Still this morning. This will be released before the morning ends. Uh, my apologies for the absence yesterday. It was a wild day that turned into a wild night. And there was no time to record. But we're back to talk about the games last night. We're going to talk about some series previews of a couple of big series coming up. A couple of which have also been started. I just said a couple a lot. Um, and then we'll preview some of the weekend content that's going to be re- released here over the next couple of days. God damn it. Get the word couple out of your head. So, let's start by previewing four of the biggest series. Series? Series I? Series of the year. Uh, starting either tonight or four game series that kicked off yesterday. First one. Nationals versus Diamondbacks. That kicks off tonight. It is the second place team in the National League East by half of a game. Maybe a game and a half now. I can't remember um, where the actual standings lie. Versus the second place team in the National League West. The Diamondbacks have been one of the hottest teams in baseball. The Nationals have kind of cooled off after a hot run. But both teams within striking distance of the lead of their divisions in mid-May. Right, The Diamondbacks are a team I think expected to be in the situation that they're in right now. Whereas the uh, Nationals are not, right? I think we've all gotten comfortable with the idea that the Nationals are a very good baseball team. <laughs> but I think if you had told the Nationals at the beginning of this year, they would be at the top of the division, particularly with everybody's opinions on the Mets before this series started, season started, they'd have said, no way. Or I'll take it, more appropriately, perhaps. So they're in a place where they, they're pretty happy with what's going on right now. As far as what to expect, I think you've got a well-pitched series ahead of you with the Diamondbacks and Nationals both being very good teams on the bump. They've also had good offenses, especially between the catching options for Washington and then the super kids out in Arizona. So I expect this to be a hard-fought series. I do not expect anybody to sweep if I had to make the prediction. I am going... Hometown first, not hometown, home home division, I guess, first. I will pick the Nationals to win two of these games versus the Diamondbacks and lose one to win the series. The other National League series of note that kicks off tonight is my Atlanta Braves facing off against the Milwaukee Brewers, right? This would be the first-place Braves versus the second-place Brewers, but the... Brewers are actually the better team by their uh, their record. They're twenty five and thirteen, half a game back of the Pirates for the best record in baseball. I guess the record they're tied technically with the, the Angels, um, as they are one behind them in the loss win column and one ahead of them in the loss column. So, anyhow, Braves versus Brewers is going to be an excellent, excellent series. Both teams have played well above their pay grade this year. You get the worst matchup out of the way first, as you're going to see uh, Masakazu Hirayama, who has been the worst Brave starter by a pretty good margin, uh, 3-2 and two with a 5.26 ERA going tonight against Michael Favre, who is coming out of the pen for the 
second time? No, first time this year. He was a starter all of last year, all the year before in the minors. He's been in the pen all year for the, the Brewers, not pitching particularly well in 11 appearances over 12 innings. He has a 10.5 ERA. He will come out of the pen to make a start for the first time this year against the National League's, one of the National League's better offenses in the Atlanta Braves. That game will likely, now I say this, it's probably going to be like a one nothing shutout, but this game should see some sparks, right? It should. After tonight, it gets more interesting. You then get Forrest Whitley, who's technically the Brewers' number five starter, uh, who has been an excellent rookie this year. He's on seven starts with a 4-4-2 ERA, so I don't spend the entire time on this. And you get Cuevas. So the Braves will skip McCuckton and Dwayne Millar, who have both been struggling, so maybe that's not the best thing. The Braves' pitchers will be Masakazu Hiroyama, Kobe Allard, Tracy Moss. So Allard does squeeze right there in the middle. It's going to be a fun series regardless, right? As a Braves fan, I would love to take two of three. I have to feel good about that with Moss and Alar going at the back end here against Whitley and Cuevas. Favre Hariyama is a toss-up. I don't know. Let's see the Braves take two of three in this one, too. In the American League, the two series have already started. Well, I guess I have one more that's a National League, and that is the Giants versus Pittsburgh. Now, that's a four-game series. The Giants won last night to take a, a quick jump, if you will, in this series. It doesn't sound like one that would be very important, but the Pirates are only half a game up on the Brewers, who have won three in a row to come charging from behind here. The Giants sit at 19-18, and 18, only three and a half back of the Rockies, only a game back, two and a half back of the Diamondbacks. If they can win a couple of games here, they can really make a dent. So that's another interesting series. In the American League... Cleveland is going up against Seattle. They have a nightmare stretch here of a six-game series. Or I guess it's seven games. It's a four-game series against Seattle. They have four at Seattle and then four or three at L.A. They got beat 11 nothing last night. Uh, Justin Hooper just did his thing, and, and they just Seattle just blew up Cleveland's you know, pitchers. They will get three more against Seattle and then three against L.A. before they get a day off and finally go back to face the Twins and then Detroit for five as they have a doubleheader to start off. And then they finish the month against Toronto and Cle- or in Chicago. So those are the series that I think are, they're either, like I said, starting right now, heading into the weekend, or they've already started. They still roll through the weekend that are interesting to watch. I will be very excited to see some of these fun matchups. There are some pretty bad ones going into this weekend too, but just wanted to highlight some of these right there. So all of that being said, Let's talk about what we saw on the diamond last night. Let's start with the game we just talked about. Seattle beat the ever-loving shit out of Cleveland. And there's no easier way to say this, right? The Mariners put up 11 runs on Cleveland. Josh Collimenter with another bad performance after he's pitched fairly well this year. Right, he's just been a little inconsistent. If you remember back early in or late in April, he got lit up by the New York. He then gave up a couple runs to the Twins. Really settled down against the White Sox, but last time out, he gave up five runs over two innings against the Reds, taking his first loss of the year. Well, to get his second loss of the year, he goes five and a third, eleven hits, six runs allowed, and raises the ERA to four point three one. He actually didn't pitch that bad. I mean, he gave up three runs in the second. Um, you know, which to this offense isn't really that much of a problem. The The Mariners are a very good baseball team, 
Still give up three runs to them on a couple of hits in the second inning. Wasn't going to be the end of the world. Now, their offense couldn't connect. It was the sixth inning that got him. He stayed in a little, long, a little too long. Give up three more runs before Jeff McIntosh came through. He got lit up. And Braden Camp, excuse me, Ben Camp came through and also gave a couple of runs. So basically everybody that pitched for Cleveland got hit. Justin Hooper went eight and a third, three hits, one walk, four strikeouts to earn his fourth one of the year, 2.55 ERA. Seattle is now 25 and 13. Cleveland falls to 21 and 15. Going to the National League quickly, Colorado takes down the Reds 3 to 1 in a game that absolutely everybody predicted the, the outcome to this, right? Colorado should beat the Reds. Clayton Kershaw only goes four innings, which is interesting. I guess he's being used in an opener role. Ah, nope, there was a rain delay. So Clayton Kershaw comes out to start, goes four innings, pitches well. He gave up a run, struck out five. We have a 90-minute rain delay in the fourth inning. And when we come back out, Clayton Kershaw has not sent that out. Instead, they sent out Eric Harris uh, to come out and make his, I think this is his debut. Yep, this is his, well, he played against Arizona. So he's, he's, he's pitched at least once. Uh, his second appearance goes two innings, strikes out five over those two innings, earns the win. As Jake Mann, Henry Harris, Carlos Mateo, and Nick McCulley come through to combine for the bullpen shutout here after the delay. Brandon Beachy was pitching great for the delay. He had let up zero runs, struck out five. Before he has to come out, Tim Anderson comes in. Nope, not Tim Anderson. Anyway, the game is lost by the Reds. Colorado moves to 23 and 15. The Reds fall to 12 and 24. Houston comes from behind, and they will secure the win over Texas in the bottom of the 11th. They win 3-2. to two. Reginald McMillan with seven innings, give up a couple of runs. On the Texas side, Jordan Cote again looks good. He's made a couple of good starts in a row now. He went 8 to third against Seattle in his last time out. He goes six innings, a one-run ball here against Houston. Two very good offenses that Cote has been able to hold in check. The bullpen pitches very well until Higginbottom gives up the goose in the uh, 11th. Um, you know, we, we had essentially Bill L.A. comes to bat in the bottom of the 11th facing Frank Higginbottom. Hits a full count fastball for run scoring signal. It was a game changer. Uh, this is one of those not-to-be-denied games, says Adrian Beltre. Adrian Beltre is one of the most interesting guys in baseball, by the way. I did not realize the personality that man has uh, until very recently, but I appreciate his silliness. Pittsburgh. Holds the lead, 2-0 over the Giants the entire game until we get to the ninth inning. Carlos Meza, recently on the block, Carlos Meza, by the way. Eight innings, six shutouts, shutout ball, or six strikeouts, shutout ball. Looks fantastic. They turn the ball over to Tyson Oswalt, who has not blown a save yet. Has actually converted a lot of his, his last couple of uh, attempts here. Comes into the game. And falls apart. Essentially, <laughs> if you want to believe it, Michael Sharp is the guy that does the damage. As Michael Sharp hit a three-run shot, his second of the year, that he batting two fourteen on the year, Michael Sharp, to take the lead three to two, and they can't come back out and do anything. Carson Fulmer gets the save in the ninth. And the Giants win. They're 19 and 18. Pittsburgh falls to 25 and 12. Still an excellent record. The Twins take down the White Sox as once again the White Sox cannot muster anything offensively. Carlos Baez will take the loss. Paul Hale went seven innings, uh, shutout ball. He is four and zero on the year right now. Chicago season continues to unravel. There are rumors that a bunch of guys are going to hit the block soon, right? I think you're going to be looking at 
uh, Ronald Torres at some point hits the block. You are going to see Rob Segadin hit the block. You're going to see Dave Chester hit the block. Brett Lowry, Koyama, uh, Cody, uh, Kyle Cody, a couple of the other guys. Bill Black is going to remember that he might even hit it. Every time the Chicago White Sox go out and get blown up, it's another experience to why they're another reason why they're going to send these guys off. Minnesota is 18 and 20. Chicago is 11 and 26. <sighs> Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks raised a Marlins game. I feel like a lot of these games between these two have come down to these last couple innings. It was a 2-1 to game heading into the bottom of the eighth. Marlins were leading. Diamondbacks would tie it up in the bottom of the eighth. Marlins would... Sorry, it was a 1-1 game heading into the bottom of the eighth. The Diamondbacks would take the lead 2-1 to in the bottom of the eighth. The Marlins would tie it in the top of the ninth to make it 2-2, to and then the Marlins would lose it in the bottom of the ninth, giving up another run. This time, it was a two-out uh, single to Shane McLaughlin, who drives in a run, and uh, the Diamondbacks will take the victory. Calipari is actually the person who put him on base. Lawrence Taylor is the guy that threw the pitch, but, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, Matt Manning gets the win after pitching a third of an inning, his second win of the year. You look up and down this lineup, you have Wander Franco getting a couple of hits. Ronald Acuna came off the bat and had a hit, and an RBI. The youngsters are starting to produce a little bit. There has been rumors out of Miami that some people are available. Cam Gallagher, long sought after offensive producing catcher, struggling in Miami right now. There are rumors that he is available. There are rumors that a couple of other of these players, not Acuna, not Franco, but some of the older guys are available in Miami. Some guys that could definitely do damage if given the right situation. So, something to think about. In New York, the Rays rally falls short. New York is up, what is it, 8 to 2? In uh, the bottom of the eighth, the Rays would score one in the bottom of the eighth to make it eight to no, it's eight to one. They score one in the bottom of the ninth to make it eight to one, eight to two, and they would score four in the bottom of the ninth before finally falling apart. Um, it was a it was a it was a big journey though. Judd Graham stayed in a little too long. Uh, he had a couple of runs here. Ramon Leon, Paul, or excuse me, Raul Leon, excuse me, gave up a couple of runs before Anthony Zike is finally able to shut it down and get the Yankees the win. They improved to 16 and 21. The Rays are 20 and 19. They can't just get, they just can't seem to stay multiple games over 500. Duncan Dwayne Millar, he of the struggling performances I just talked about, came through against Seattle, or St. Louis, excuse me, and pitched seven really good shutout innings, striking out seven. He's 5 and 1 in the year with a 291 ERA, taking down Dave Smith, which is not a common thing to do. He does have three losses on the year, by the way, but he's only got a 231 ERA. Like, he is awesome. The Brewers beat the Cardinals. They improved to 25 and 13. The Cardinals are seven games back, by the way, at 20 and 18. Like the team that I still believe will be very competitive for the rest of this year. Seven games back in this division. That's unbelievable. It tells you how good Pirate the Pittsburgh Pirates and the Milwaukee Brewers have been this year. To bury a team like the Cardinals that deep so early. Dave Groves and the Red Sox. Get the W. Dave. Bade Billy. I'm not sure what Bade means. B-A-I-D Billy is his nickname. Uh, with his second strong performance here as he pitched really well against the former team, his former team Texas, uh, after his disastrous first start for Boston. He goes seven innings, gives two, a couple, two, you know, two more runs against a good-ish Oakland team. Trevor Story did drive in both of those runs. Shelby Miller will take the loss. He drops to one and five as Boston gets the win. They're 21 and 18. Oakland falls to 15 and 24. 21 and 18 ties them with Toronto at the top of the division as Toronto 
for the second time this month, loses two of three to Atlanta. Uh, this one was, they scored five runs in the eighth and ninth, um, between the eighth and ninth, not in each combined. Uh, but they lose 10 to eight in a very offensive heavy game as the pitching both struggled on both sides, despite Lester versus Aiken. Should have been a good matchup. It was not. Um, Norwich Vargas gave him three runs. A lot of the bullpen guys got hit around too. Aiken still gets the win. He moves to five and one with a two eight eight ERA. Uh, Taylor Sparks had a couple of hits. He's, he continues to kind of warm back up. You had Millard Thomas driving in four runs um, for Toronto. Miguel Cabrera was spectacular, three of four with four RBIs. But they just they have not been able to win a series against the uh, Braves yet to this point. I don't know if they play again, honestly. Either way, uh, Atlanta is now a game and a half up on Washington, twenty four and thirteen. The Jays are tied with Boston at the top at twenty and seventeen. And the last game of the night. Philly versus Washington, and one of the crazier things I've seen to this point, Philly scored 14 runs in the top of the eighth. And I was not watching this game at the time because it was a 4-2 game. Philly had the lead. I mean, it was good. It was a well-played, well-pitched you know, game to that point. Nothing really that needed to be followed until suddenly it very much did need to be followed. I don't know what the record is for runs scored in an inning in MLB Pro History, but 14 has got to be up there. It has to be, right? They win the series against Washington 2-3, to three, or 2-1, to one, excuse me. Um, but I just wanted to run through this real quick. So Brian Ames is on the, the hill. He strikes out Rayobi Camino to start. Josh Hill then singles. Ralph Scholl, sorry, he's then pulled. BJ Sharp comes in. Ralph Scholl then singles. He will then walk William French on four pitches to load the bases. Doug Bell will then walk on a full count to score Josh Bell. Oscar Tavares will a single to score Ralph Scholl, just station to station at this point. Cameron Gundy will then single. It'll score William French, and it will score Doug Bell. Luis Urias will then walk. Anthony Hale will then hit a grand slam. Finally, they will pull that man. Cole Swanson will come in. Ryobi Kamita will come in. He will single. Dan Green will strike out. Ralph Scholl will double. And Ryobi Kamita will come all the way around to score from first. William French will walk again. Doug Bell will single. And Ralph Scholl will score. Oscar Tavares will single. William French will score. Cameron Gundy will hit a three-run shot. Alex Claudio then comes in, and finally, Luis Urias will fly out. In that inning, there were 14 runs and 10 hits, and I think four walks. It was wild. Wild to watch. Anyway, Philly gets the win. That is the end of the game. Let's do a really quick look at the standings. In the National League West, Colorado at 23-15, and 6-4 over the last 10, three-game winning streak. They are game over. Game, uh, game in front of the Arizona Diamondbacks at 22-16, and 16, who have 9-1 over the last 10, have won two in a row. The, Diamond, the Giants, excuse me, are 19-18, three and a half back. They've won two in a row, 6-4 over the last 10. The Dodgers are 16-21, and 21, six and a half back, 5-5 five and five over the last 10. And the Padres are 16-22, and 22, continuing their fall, 2-8 and eight over the last 10. They've lost two in a row. The American League West, 26-13. and 13. Angels, 5-5 five and five over the last 10. Oh, they won, they won two in a row. Lead the Mariners by half a game. Mariners are 25-13. and 13. 
7-3 and three over the last 10 with a one-game winning streak as well. It's not really a streak. Houston, 21-17, four and a half back, five and five over the last 10. The Rangers, 16-23, 10 back, four and six over the last 10, two-game losing streak. And Oakland, 15-24, and 24, 11 games back, four and six over the last 10, losers of three straight in the Central for the National League. Pirates are 25 and 12, 8 and 2 over the last 10. Milwaukee is 25 and 13, half a game back, 7 and 3 over the last 10 with a three-game winning streak. The Cardinals are 20 and 18, five and a half back. So I said seven games back. I was wrong. Four and six over the last 10. They've lost four straight. Chicago is 14 and 22, 10 and a half back, five and five over the last 10. And the Reds are 12 and 24, 12 and a half back. Three and seven over the last ten, six straight losses. In the American League East, you have twenty and seventeen Toronto Blue Jays sitting atop the division, tied with the twenty-one and eighteen Boston Red Sox. Toronto is five and five over the last ten with a two-game losing streak. Boston is six and four with a three-game winning streak to come from behind and tie this thing up. Tampa is twenty and nineteen, a game back, four and six over the last ten. Baltimore is eighteen and eighteen, one and a half back, three and seven over the last ten. Then the Yankees are sixteen and twenty-one. Uh, four games back, three and seven over the last ten. Finally, the National League East, twenty-four and thirteen. Atlanta leads Washington by a game and a half. They're five and five over the last ten. The Nationals are twenty-two and fourteen. They're five and five over the last ten. Philadelphia is eighteen and twenty-one. Seven games back, they're five and five over the last ten. The Marlins are in fourth place at fifteen and twenty-three. Nine and a half back, three and seven over the last ten. And the, the uh, New York Mets are eleven and twenty-four. Currently 12 games back, 3-7 and seven over the last 10. This weekend, we will be doing a preview on the best rookies out of the gate so far. Who is in, who is in line to win the new rookie of the year? Who is still not yet to heat up in the rookie front that will? And who is on the cusp of breaking on the major league roster for the rookie scene down the stretch that we need to watch? We will also be seeing an appearance from Sam Schutmeyer, the GM of the Los Angeles Dodgers, and an appearance from anonymous GM over the weekend, Going to be a busy one for MLB Pro Radio. We will see y'all in a couple of hours, probably. Bye.